Well, good morning. This is Don Thorns. I'm the short sale guy. I'm also known as Don the Grant guy because I help people get $10,000 with the free Google ads every month. Uh, I'm taking my walk here in Moscow in on the uh, territory of Moscow State University here, a nice sunny day. Uh, and uh, I just want to talk a little bit uh, about something that, that I think is uh, pretty important. And it's something that I certainly have experience with, and I hope that you know, you'll learn something from my experience. And if it can make it a bit easier for you to uh, adapt and make the changes that you need to do to be successful, then hey, I'm, if I can shave off even five minutes of, of uh, a tedious and often painful process, that's really all that matters. But the big, one of the biggest challenges I've had in my real estate investing career, and for those of you who don't know me, I have been, uh, I'm called Don the Short Sale Guy for a reason, because I've done like 2,500 uh, short sales in almost 20 years of doing uh, my real estate investing business. So, uh, you know, the challenge is you have to stop trying to please everybody all the time. And the biggest challenge is when the person that you're trying to please the most is the one that lives with you. And that could be a father, that could be, you know, a family, another family member. For me, you know, for, <laughs> it's my wife and my mother-in-law. And it's, uh, it's an interesting phenomenon because, you know, you can get caught up in having a lot of your self-worth and your self-esteem ride on their opinion of what, of what you're doing, who you are, and so on and so forth. And I know that even though I've been married 21 years, and my wife, when I met my wife, I was unemployed, believe it or not. And, you know, we were able to use my uh, in-laws money to keep us going, to get us started and, and so on and so forth. And we struggled financially for a long time. We were married in, in uh, November of, of 1999. Uh, I didn't break through with my real estate investing career until 2003 in the fall of 2003 is when i started making money on real estate now i didn't i wasn't doing real estate investing when we got married uh, i i was unemployed we moved to america i've been in moscow since 1989 uh, when i first came over uh, to work with the embassy and then everything opened up in 1991 and ended up staying and so my whole trajectory of my career which was focused on learning the language, graduating. My double major was Russian and then uh, international relations. I was gonna, my track was going to be um, State Department. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do foreign service. Well, you know, in the Cold War, if you uh, marry a Russian citizen or a Soviet citizen at the time, then there ain't no way you're gonna get a security clearance and you're not gonna get in the foreign service if you don't have a security clearance. So that kind of went woo out the window, <laughs> that career path. So uh, I had to uh, make some changes. And so I decided that I was going to uh, have my own business and I did well, you know, I did, I did well for a lot of years. Uh, well, I'd say about three or four years. And then, you know, like everything else, uh, the market changes. And if you, if you can't change with it, then all of a sudden you're obsolete and you gotta find another gig, as they say. But um, we moved to Orlando, the, the, the uh, in-laws gave us our stake and I did get a job in, or in, in, in Orlando, uh, a pipeline inspection company. And, you know, ironically enough, they sent me back to Moscow because <laughs> they wanted me to uh, do some work over there and, and try to see if I could get some uh, sales from, from uh, uh, the former Soviet Union and Eastern Europe. So that was a disaster. <laughs> Two years before I got fired, uh, just it wasn't a good fit. They, they weren't really committed to it. And frankly, I kind of knew that they were not gonna, it wasn't gonna work. So I was just trying to milk it as long as I could. But um, 
you know, it's an interesting dynamic when you are married to a foreign national, from my point of view, because for their point of view, I'm the foreign national. And I completely understand that because in our, in our marriage, we have spent probably 80% of our time in Russia and not in America. So in this category, I am the foreigner. You know, I'm the one that uh, is a little bit alien. My upbringing, upbringing my values, you know, what I find important are completely out of whack with what they are. It also is, you know, it's also very, um, it's also very interesting that as an entrepreneur, you know, life can be up and down. It's, I mean, look, as successful as I am and have been, it doesn't mean that we don't have setbacks. It doesn't mean that we have, that we don't have, um, that we don't have uh, short-term financial cash flow crunches and so on and so forth. And my wife has a, and my mother-in-law, they have a huge problem with that because, you know, they came from a stable Soviet lifestyle. I mean, her father, uh, my, my, uh, my wife's grandfather was a high ranking official in the prosecuting attorney's office in, in Russia in, on a federal level. And they were, he was a bureaucrat, but he was a very successful bureaucrat, but he had that salary. And of course he had lots of perks because he went, he reached a really high level. They had the dacha, which is a summer house. You know, they had uh, an apartment, you know, literally a five minute walk to Red Square. And then her father, my wife's uh, father, you know, he uh, is a, is a uh, acclaimed nuclear physicist. You know, he, even now he's like 72 years old. Even now he's not allowed to travel outside the country uh, unless he's in part of a delegation because of all the secrets he, he knows. And, and, you know, he has top security clearances and they will not leave out of the country unless he's part of an of a, of a official group or whatever. So, um, but again, you know, very stable income very stable you know he got very successful very he made a lot of money which my mother-in-law has uh, was able to turn into uh she was actually funny she flipped a lot of how uh, apartments in moscow she was a fix and flipper and they made a lot of money and they you know they own a lot of real estate here which now my wife owns uh so you know it's it's uh, they you know very very smart but again they always had the salary they always had you know the 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 they never had to to learn what I've had to learn well actually did because they, she married me <laughs> but uh, I'm more used to it because I have I formed my first business when I was uh, 18 years old after high school so I have always been entrepreneurial in spirit I did my first house flip uh, back in 1991 um, you know so I, I assumed a mortgage uh, on a house in, in Utah when I was going to college and I, you know, I assumed it, I only put, I put like $3,000 down and then, you know, I just paid the mortgage and rehabbed it and, and eventually sold it and made about $50,000. So that was my first successful flip. But, you know, I guess they are very fearful about the future. And for them, it is very difficult to be married to me or to have, you know, to be in a family, familiar relationship with me. And, um, our son was born with two cerebral hemorrhages and it has been everything we can do to uh, get him to the point where he can catch up to, uh, you know, his peers. And uh, he's now going to start his sophomore year in, in university. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, we've, we've got him to the point where he's almost back to where he should have been. But I mean, I probably spent a million dollars, if not more, you know, on, on his therapy 
and everything. And you know, when you're when you have a sick child, I mean, everything goes to the sick child. And you know, it's it's hard to have a, a normal life. And my wife has really suffered more than I have, I think, emotionally, because I could throw myself into my work, but she was on the front lines having to deal with him. And uh, it's it's basically made her a nervous wreck in some ways. So, um, unfortunately, her way of dealing with it a lot of times is lashing out. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I call it the, the, the time machine syndrome where I do hear a lot of, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. Basically, if I was gonna be doing a uh, uh, psychobabble 12-step uh, thing, I would say that, uh, you know, she should stop shooting on me because I hear shoulda, 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 woulda, coulda, shoulda all the time. And my response is always, well, listen, I would be glad to go back and do everything that you said, the other, you know, and not make any mistakes. If you could get a time machine built, I'll, I'll be, I'll be glad to jump in that time machine, go back, and I will do everything you said I should have done. Can't do it now. I mean, all I can do is just, you know, deal with the repercussions, try to limit the damage, and learn lessons and move on. So I have a very entrepreneurial um, background, a very entrepreneurial attitude about things. For me, mistakes are not. Uh, scary I mean you deal with it I, I don't like making mistakes trust me but you know it's you deal with it and you move on whereas for her they're body blows they are body blows and she just and she's filled with fear about what the next mistake is going to be which is ironic for me because I'm thinking to myself honey I made a shitload of money <laughs> you know and I don't understand why you're so you know I mean we've done pretty well but nevertheless because we don't you know our money depends on the next closing. You know, it's, it's, it's very stressful for her. So it can be a very critical relationship, especially as things get stressful. And I guess for me, the, a, a big part of my growth process as an entrepreneur and as a person is to stop trying to make them believe in what I'm doing stop you know wanting to get their permission or their approval and trust my own instincts and trust my own thing and i, I started realizing it's like wait, wait, you know let's be honest here okay i'm the one that's made this money i'm the one that built a business from nothing you know and you know she i mean i love you honey but i mean your total job experience was working you know 11 months as, a, as an inbound sales professional when you graduated college at Herbalife customer service in Russia you know I think I think I think I'm probably the one to to that has more experience and maybe uh, I should trust my own judgment more than I should trust yours but because I love her and because you know um, I don't really have any of my family support system on my side my parents are, are gone you know I don't have a relationship with with my brother and two sisters anymore so I, I found that I was really really hoping and trying to get approval from uh, them and it got to the point where over the last couple of years I say I started like three years three or four years ago and now to where we're at uh, today which is uh, I'm recording this on uh, July 26 or something like that uh, 2021 you know I have to trust my voice and trust my experience and I think that you know, if, if anyone's out there, no matter, none, you don't have to be a real estate investor, you could be anybody, but especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're uh, out there in the trenches and you, you know, commission sales, realtor, mortgage broker, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're out there trying to get leads and trying to build something and it depends on you, 
everything's on you to, to see, succeed or not, that's pretty, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> it's very heavy and the stress is amazing. So um, it will ease your, uh, ease your mind. It will give you more energy. It will help you stay more positive if you focus on pleasing yourself and not on anybody else. Because I, are, I had to come to that conclusion a, long, a while ago that you know my wife is what I call a front runner in the sense that she will cheer me 100% when everything works. But if I talk to her about my dreams, if I talk to her about, hey, I think I had this great awakening and I, we could do this and that, I mean, she'll shut me down and say, I don't want to talk about it until you made some money on it. You know, I don't want to hear about how much you could make. I want to hear what I want to see that you make it. And for me, part of the process is talking about it because I, that's how I work through things. And I think, you know, and, I, and I, I, I'm a walking calculator when it comes to uh, analyzing something and deciding whether that would be a good plan for me or not, if it's worth the investment of my time or not. And lots of times, you know, the stuff I've tried, side hustles don't work. Some have, but some of them don't. But it would just crush me. It would just crush me when I could not get her to to uh, to approve of what I'm doing. And, I, and then finally, it's just like, you know, the definition of insanity is stop going to the well when the well's dry. And it's okay. And, you know, it's fine because I found other people in my life where uh, we're in the same path. We're on the same entrepreneurial path. And for me, even though I have a very stable, successful real estate investing business, short sales, I have been, uh, the last three years, I've dedicated myself to uh, establishing my brand online uh, and taking my Don the Short Sale brand nationally and expanding my short sale negotiation business nationally. So that has forced me to come out of my comfort zone and be able to uh, put myself out there in a way that frankly scares my wife because it's, again, there's no guarantee it's gonna work. What if I fall flat on my face? Which I've done before. I mean, you're talking to a guy that, that in the, at, the, at the height of his own hubris and arrogance, decided to sink $400,000 into a tennis club in a small town in, in outside of Orlando, which was a disaster. So that's, that's, a, that's a subject for another day. But um, so you know, I, I get where she's coming from. But I would say for you, you've got to stop looking for approval from people outside of yourself and find the approval inside you. Because ultimately it's your business and it's gonna sink or fail on, on your ability to get the work done and discouragement and disappointment, if it's coming to you from people close to you, it can be toxic and it can, it's like, it's like uh, I call them energy vampires. You know, my wife and mother-in-law can be huge energy vampires, 100%. And, and, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I'm not calling them vampires for heaven's sake. Understand my context. They can, um, their, their fears, their negativity, and their criticism sucks the energy out of me. And so I've had, as a way to keep myself productive and motivated, I've had to just basically make a decision that I'm putting a barrier up. I'm not talking about this stuff anymore. I have other people that I can talk to about that. And I have a partner on my podcast, Renee Rainville, uh, the, the Renee and Don show that we're starting here shortly. And she's the person that I bounce, I bounce ideas back up because she's on the same path as me. You know, she's building her online business and we're working together and we're doing a lot of stuff together. She's also a real estate investor. So Renee's the person I go to uh, and, and we talk about stuff because you know she understands and we're, like I said, on the same path. 
and my wife is not. So why burden my wife with this, with something that causes her pain, brings up uh, fears and bad, bad feelings from uh, previous mistakes I've made. So this is a long-winded story, but I just wanted to show you that, you know, I'm not this guru that's out there trying to tell you exactly how to do it because I've done everything perfectly. It's a journey. We're all on the same journey. So I hope that you found value in this. I look forward to uh, have, talking to you next on my uh, next podcast. Thanks.